Welcome into the Rock Talk Studio, the ultimate review of rock and roll books, docs, and movies. And today I'm going to be dissecting, analyzing, and discussing the documentary Jimmy and Stevie Ray Vaughan, Brothers in Blues. Is this documentary worth your time and money? Well, in the next 15 minutes of this rock and roll conversation, I will definitely answer that question. And that's the goal of the show. That's what I'm up to. This podcast is about recommending a great read or a watch to this rock and roll community. And I promise to deliver it to you with all the passion of a Neil Peart drum solo using all 30 plus pieces of his kit. I'm your host, Big Rick. Let's plug in. So here's how the show is set up. We have three main sets. The first set is the review and discussion of the documentary. Second set, this is where I go a little bit deeper and explore what a true fan of Stevie Ray and Jimmy is going to get out of this. And and if you're just a casual fan, I've got you covered there too. I'm going to look at where the value is for a casual fan. And then this documentary gets the official Rock Talk Studio rating. Third set, the conversation shifts away from the doc and focuses more on the artists. And today I'm going to put the Vaughn brothers up against other popular siblings in the rock and roll stratosphere and see where they rank. And like every good rock and roll show, I've got an encore for you. So if you like Jimmy Vaughn, Stevie Ray Vaughan, and want to learn more about them, I've got one more thing to suggest you check out. All right, let's get into the first set. Time for the review. The never-before-told story behind the music of Jimmy and Stevie Ray Vaughan, as told by those who know them best, that's how this documentary is being billed. And when I when I heard that, I was pumped. I would consider myself a, a big Stevie Ray Vaughan fan. I saw him many times. I saw him warm up for George Thorogood right when he first got started. I saw him play with Jeff Beck on that great tour they did together. I saw him do three nights in a row at the Wiltern Theater in Los Angeles. So I'm a big Stevie Ray fan, and I was looking forward to this. And, and the never-heard-before stories and from those who knew him really got me interested. And the doc also talks about um, Billy Gibbons, Eric Clapton, Jackson Brown, and Nile Rodgers are all sharing personal stories. So, all right. I'm in, sold, I'm ready to go. Unfortunately, after all that buildup, this doc just didn't take me there. Writer-director Kirby Warnock starts with a slow build of the Texas music scene and the players and places that house the local talent. This trip down memory lane lays a strong foundation on what it was like for the Vaughn brothers growing up. And it was cool to get a look at their family and, and the town they grew up in. Jimmy Vaughn serves as the main storyteller of what it was like growing up in a small town while trying to break into the music scene. And the doc is it's heavy on Jimmy, obviously, being the only brother still alive. But still, I was bummed that the, that the documentary lacked any Stevie interviews. Also lacking was the rights to the music, which left a huge hole to the overall feel of this piece. For a doc that had a kind of an indie grassroots feel to it, some of the Jimmy stuff just came off a little forced and a little heavy on trying to show how cool he is. I mean, I don't know, maybe it was just me, but that they have to have Jimmy sitting in front of all his Grammys and awards while he was talking. And, and you know, Jimmy riding around in his car, I, I don't know, it just, it just felt forced. The whole presentation felt also unorganized and, and, and disjointed at times, almost slapped together. There was footage of Stevie playing with Albert King, that famous footage where they're both sitting on a stool and talking to each other. And Stevie's just blasting and and Albert King's just having his mind blown. And that footage came up before the story was even at the place where Stevie started playing at that level. So it was, it was a little confusing and kind of really lacking original material. 
One of my documentary pet peeves is when they don't have enough photos or video and they keep using the same photo over and over. I counted four times the same picture of Stevie crouching down playing guitar that was used. Ouch. Producer Warnock repeatedly, as does Jimmy Vaughn, lament how this was all taking place before the internet, before Facebook, before social media. Jimmy even says that back then when you wanted to talk to a girl, you actually had to go up and talk to her at the dance. And I remember asking myself at that moment, it's like, who who's the audience for this documentary? Who are they playing to? It felt like back in the day, we used to have to blah, blah, blah. I mean, I get it. I grew up in the 70s and most of, I think, the people interested in this story did too. So do you need to take up so much time hammering us that there was no internet back then, that there was no social media? This was before Facebook. It, it bugged. All right, let's... Let's talk a little positive stuff because there is definitely some. And and to me, the positive stuff came from the guest interviews. Clapton, Billy Gibbons, Jackson Brown, Nile Rodgers play a big part in sharing, to me, most of the never heard before stories. I mean, I can listen to Billy Gibbons tell a story all day long, especially when he's talking about Texas and guitars. And Jackson Brown was was great. He was sharing a few stories that I've never heard before. And even now, Rogers also spun some inside tales of the recording that Stevie uh, did with Bowie. And that brought these stories definitely some insight and, and pushed it along a little bit. To me, that was the highlight. Overall, the doc suffered from the use of rarely seen or any new archival video. There was also very little from uh, his band, Double Trouble. None of the members were there. And of course, what's a Stevie Ray Vaughan doc without a ton of music? It just lacked the raw energy and emotion that makes up who Stevie was as a musician. A lot of what is shown can be seen on other Stevie documentaries or just with a good Google search. I was definitely left underwhelmed by the documentary. And this documentary is one of my favorite all-time musicians. And the lack of material used to tell it just didn't work for me, um, which is too bad because it is a great rock and roll tale. Have a question, a recommendation, a different opinion. Hey, who doesn't? I get it. We're talking rock and roll here. Shout out to me, Big Rick, at info at rocktalkstudio.com or visit the website to see the past episodes. Some of the past shows feature um, the book review of Play All Night, the new Allman Brothers book. Secret Stars is a great new book about indie rock, the 10 underdogs of the indie rock scene. I just reviewed the new Bono book, his memoir, Surrender. Um, The documentaries that I just done recently are If These Walls Could Talk about the Abbey Road Studios. And there's a Randy Rhodes documentary that's in there, Reflections of the Guitar Icon. Again, you can find the past shows at rocktalkstudio.buzzsprout.com. Okay, let's look and see if this doc is for you. You've heard my opinion. Now, I want to go even deeper and further with breaking down this and see if it plays for a true fan of Stevie Ray and and Jimmy Vaughn. And then I'll flip it around and see if a casual fan, is there anything in there? Is there anything a casual fan can enjoy? And if it'll be worth investing any time in this. So let's start with a fan. Again, I'm a huge fan. And as a fan, I was bored. A lot. Bored by a Stevie Ray Vaughan documentary. I mean, one of my favorite players and one of the greatest guitarists of all time. 
And I and I get this is Brothers in Blues, so it's a brother story with Jimmy Vaughn, but the Stevie Ray Vaughn stuff is just not there. And the connection for the brothers, though it's made, it's just not convincing enough and not done well enough to really pull me in. The doc, if anything, was saved by the guest interviews. Clapton's, Gibbons, Jackson Brown, Niles Rogers. I mean, Billy Gibbons has a great story where he talks about the characters in the ZZ Top song, Low Down in the Street. And that was really cool. And Jackson Brown's story about Stevie's generosity to him for helping record the first album. I don't want to spoil anything but about what Stevie gave Jackson Brown, but the story around it, it's one of the best moments of the doc. And that, to me, was the highlight of this. And I, I would consider myself um, open to learning more and wanting to, to just really enjoy a Stevie Ray Vaughan doc. And this documentary just failed to do justice to the remarkable legacy of a one-of-a-kind talent, Stevie Ray. And I think it failed to explore the complexities of the relationship between Stevie and Jimmy and the impact it had on their music. So that's a fan's deep dive. What about casual fan? And, you know, maybe this might work for someone who knows very little about Stevie and Jimmy. You will, you'll definitely learn about their upbringing and their story is, is, is told. It's laid out. The Texas music scene is giving a flushing out by Jimmy. And, and there's a few other players around ta- town that they use that talk about what it was like back in the day. Uh, will you be wowed and go out and listen to a bunch of the Vaughn Brothers music? I can only hope so. So one last question remains, is this documentary recommended or is it a hard pass? So let's do that. Let's stamp the official Rock Talk Studio rating on it and see where it comes out. Here's how the rating system is set up. It's a one, two, three system. A one is a front row ticket. Front row center, great view, very unique, over the top, nothing better, front row number one rating. Number two is a load seat, which is not bad. A load seat could be a recommended um, a documentary, or it could be an okay. And three, you're in the nosebleeds, baby. Jimmy and Stevie Ray Vaughan, Brothers in Blues, you're in the nosebleeds. I cannot recommend this documentary. And ooh, that pains me to say that. It just didn't do enough for me to recommend it. Okay, before we move on, I want to share what I've been reading and watching and what to expect in the next few shows. And I'm going to do this a little bit different this time because there's so much out there right now. It's it's crazy. I just want to list a few things as suggestions if um, people are looking for something new to read or watch. Um, Some of these will definitely be upcoming shows, but let's start with a few new books that are out right now. There's a new Lucinda Williams book. I just started that. It's so, so good. There's a new Leon Russell book. Rick Rubin has a new book out that is more of like kind of a a self-improvement book. He talks a lot about the creative process, about being an artist. I've been enjoying just going through that real slow. And there's a new Lou Reed book out, kind of a similar um, book that's not a rock and roll tale. Uh, This book is about Lou's love and practice of Tai Chi. And then the the last book that's out right now that's that's I'm really excited about is Warren Zane's book, the author of the great Tom Petty book. He has a new book out on the making of Springsteen's Nebraska album. A couple of new movies out, and uh, movies are kind of kind of rare, though I do uh, review them every now and then. And when I say out, I mean streaming. Uh, there's David Bowie's Moonage Daydream and the Casablanca record story Spinning Gold just came out. 
definitely going to be doing a podcast on a bunch of these new releases. All right, third set coming up next. What rock and roll siblings are better than Jimmy and Stevie Ray Vaughan? Third set time, and I'm going to do a who's better than this rock and roll siblings edition. I'm going to do my my top five rock and roll siblings. Um, so let's start with a tip and a hat going way back, 1963, to one of the original rock bands who had a handful of hits, and they were together until 1976. That's the Kinks, Ray and Dave Davies, a great brother duo there. Number five, Ray and Dave Davies. Number four. Dwayne and Greg Allman. I mean, though it was short-lived, Dwayne recorded with the band for only three years. They still put out three great albums, the last one being that landmark live Fillmore East album, which something is that it's the best live album ever. I'm definitely one of those. You got to give props out to Dwayne and Greg Allman. Number three, Ann and Nancy Wilson. Love it. Formed in 73, still playing together, sold over 35 million records and they're still, you know, major staples of, of rock, classic rock radio. So many great hits. Anne's got such a great voice. And Nancy just rocks on guitar. Anne and Nancy Wilson, number three of the best siblings in rock and roll. Now, two and one are, 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 are tough ones. Um, I'm going to go to the ACDC boys. They, they had to make the list. I mean, there's so many iconic songs, legendary band, you know, dealt with the death of a death of a lead singer, then came back even stronger. Uh, two brothers that wrote together and played together till Malcolm, one of the greatest rhythm guitar players of all time, passed in, in 2017. Angus and Malcolm Young come in at second place. Who is the number one siblings in rock and roll? Well, to me, it's the brothers from the Netherlands who grew up in Pasadena you know them as Eddie and Alex Van Halen. They take the top spot. So many years of playing together, sticking together. And it's an interesting combination, too, because it's drums and lead guitar versus uh, one of them being more of a like a lead singer. A couple of the examples are, are lead singers. But the drums and guitar, Alex and Eddie, I can only imagine what Wolfgang's going to find in those vaults if he ever gets to them. Just the jams. I always loved in concert how Eddie... Would do his drums, uh, would do his guitar solo, and Alex would be in there kind of uh, with the drums too. A lot of great stuff, I'm sure they're still um, going to be discovered. But number one, rock and roll siblings, Eddie and Alex Van Halen. All right, let's jump into the encore to close out the show. And the encore is just one more thing I want to add. Uh, if you are into uh, Jimmy and Stevie Ray Vaughan. Here's something I would re- uh, recommend you checking out, and that's the two documentaries about Stevie Ray Vaughan. One of them's called Lone Star, and the other is A Rise of a Texas Bluesman. I really like these docs. They really get into it about Stevie Ray, but the, what you really want to do is read Alan Paul's Stevie Ray Vaughan book, Texas Flood. That is, to me, the ultimate book and going to really, really talk a, a lot about the legacy of the great Stevie Ray Vaughan and his brother, Jimmy Vaughn. Thanks for tuning in. Love talking rock and roll and appreciate anyone who takes a few minutes out of their day to enjoy the ride with me. 
Remember, you cannot find other and future episodes at rocktalkstudio.buzzsprout.com. All right, tear it down, pack it up, and head on down the road. We'll see you next time in the Rock Talk Studio.